I want to start by shouting out a guy who is literally like a, like a brother from another mother. I saw this story. Have you heard of the story of Scott Morrow, a Chicagoland guy? You heard no. this story yet? No, I haven't. Scott Morrow, he is is uh, a 41-year-old who lives in Chicago and a diehard Chicago Bears fan. Well, unfortunately for Scott, on June 20th, around 1 in the morning, uh, he was walking home from his friend's apartment in Humboldt Park, a cool area, cool neighborhood in Chicago. And obviously, Chicago's got a violence issue going on right now. He was shot in the back by a stray bullet. And while being loaded in the ambulance, clinging to life in, in critical, critical condition, his first thought of his, uh, it was, you know, talking to the, the medics about family and friends, but then he kept saying, I have to, I have to survive. I have to survive. I have to survive because I need to know if Justin Fields can actually lead the Bears to a Super Bowl and be a good quarterback for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> He That's says, excellent. he says, I'm 41 and he's pretty much, he's been in Chicago his whole life. He says he's, and, he, and he's gone his whole life without having a great prospect at quarterback. And he said, I can't die before seeing Justin Teal Fields take the field, man. He was saying that to the medics and the doctors as he's clinging to life, shot in the back, below the ambulance. And it, the story went viral. He was on uh, one of the big uh, 670 to score shows uh, in Chicago and tell the story. They got him hooked up. Justin Fields visited him as he's recovering, uh, brought his parents with him, visited uh, Scott and his parents, got him a signed jersey, and hung out with him for a bit. So shout out to Justin Fields. Shout out to Scott Morrow. You are a true Bear fan for life. And I was laughing when I read this story, and I thought to myself, honestly, I know how that guy feels. Like, And it's not even <laughs> Justin Fields. Like, yeah. I have thought about this. You know, when you have a family member, like my grandfather was a diehard Cubs fan. He never saw the Cubs win a World Series. Uh, I, I I have that eerie feeling that if you were laying there in the streets and you're going through what Scott was going through, as much as my family would be in the forefront of my mind and my, my siblings, my, you know, loved ones, your sports teams, if you're a sports fanatic like that, I think the Bears would be right up there for me as well. Be like, oh my God, I need to. See. That would, it would be like I, I would be feeling like the same thing that Scott was feeling there. So uh, you don't want to miss out to, on a no huge moment, you know? No, so. it is a it is one of those things where you just can't help wow. but think about it. And uh, so that went through Scott's head, and I I just had to I had to get that out there during the podcast today because. That's just one of those just incredible stories. That's a football guy's guy. I know our, I know one of my favorite pockets of all time, part of my take, does football guys. I need to get that guy submitted as ultimate football guy as you're laying there in the streets dying, thinking about your friend's family, and will Justin Fields be a good quarterback for the Chicago Bears? I need to live to see it. Football guy Hall of Fame. Man, they got to hook that guy up with uh, lifetime uh, tickets. Any oh, game yeah. you want to go to, Scott, you got to get hooked up there. And also, Whether Chicago, get the violence under control. It's chaos. It's yeah, just it's straight man. bullets so, flying around. And one go. Humboldt Park but so, areas. So There's nice areas of Humboldt Park. It's scary to think about. So so he's like all good? 
basically? Is he's that, recovering, is that yeah. He's uh, okay. when The photos of him posing with Justin Fields, uh, I saw it on CBS Sports on their Instagram page. He's, he's, you know, looks normal, healthy. He's at his parents' house or was in this, you know, recovering area. You know, it wasn't like in the hospital even or anything. So uh, good good news all around and a, and, a, and a crazy wild story, but, you know, a lighter side to it because uh, Scott's doing okay. Seriously, yeah. Well, good for him. Good, good to hear he's okay. And that is quite the story for sure. So, uh, we got an abbreviated version of the football lounge for you folks today. Not a whole lot to go over, but just some some key news and notes uh, from around the league, if you will, uh, including you know a couple you know hot button issues, yeah, uh, particularly surrounding Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Shefty Packers. Bombs. Shefty back at it again. Uh, so you know, without further ado, I guess we'll just dive right in. No point in. Uh, in delaying this any further, Aaron Rodgers, obviously that saga uh, in Green Bay has been of much discussion this offseason in particular because, uh, you know, the the comments made with uh, about upper management and not liking the way that this um, organization has handled things in the past or in the present. And so, uh, you know, there's been that feud, a lot of question marks surrounding what is Aaron going to do. It does at this point, Mark, appear that Aaron's coming back. He's going to play this season for the Green Bay Packers. All things are pointing in that direction. Uh, Of course, you never know until you know, but that is what it looks like right now. But the big bombshell news that came out uh, just in the last 24 hours was our boy Adam Schefter from ESPN announcing that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers, in fact, had an offer from the Green Bay Packers a two-year extension earlier this offseason uh, that would make him uh, the highest-paid not only quarterback but player in the NFL. Uh, it was going to be that two-year extension to tie him to for five more total seasons, but Rodgers declined the offer, Mark. So, obviously, initial reaction to this is clearly it's not just about whether or not the guy uh, is paid his due. It's about whether or not this organization is going to be the future for Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he wants to uh, you know, be a part of it uh, in the coming years. So I think the, the thing that jumped out to me right away was the fact that we learned two things, two really important things in this Aaron Rodgers saga that we've been speculating about. But now, we, now I think we can definitively say we know two things. And I think number one is it's not about the money. That Aaron, Aaron has he's been very highly compensated um, and and uh, it's clearly not just like, hey, I'm upset. I want to be paid more. Look at what Mahomes has gotten. Look at what Dak's gotten. Look at you know some of the other contracts that have popped up recently. It's not about the money. And secondly, I think the other thing we learned, Dan, is that it's not about Jordan Love. And Aaron has said it's not about Jordan Love, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, what do you say versus your actions? You know what I mean? You can say all you want. No, Jordan's a great kid. Love Jordan. You know, working with him in the quarterback room has been fun. That's the easiest quarterback coach BS speak ever. But this clearly, to me, proves it's not about Jordan Love either. Because if it was about Jordan Love and him just being miffed about that, this is the ultimate revenge against Jordan Love. No, no, no. The Packers want me to stay here longer. I'm going to stay here longer. You ain't ever seeing the field in a Packers uniform uh, while I'm here. This was his opportunity to do what Tom Brady did to Jimmy Garoppolo and basically say, "Hey kid, uh, I know you got you know you good looking kid, you got a good arm, and Bill really likes you, but uh, this is my team," and he chose not to do that as well. So I think we definitely learned those two things. And I think that's really important. 
in a story like this where it's a lot of he said, they said, she said, they said, you know, what is Shailene Woodley saying? What is Aaron Rodgers saying? What is, uh, Mar- you know, the uh, Packers saying in the organization? Um, Brian Gutekunst, what are they saying? I think it, it it's important to now be able to say, all right, actions are speaking, not just words. And I think this action of him rejecting that contract, to me it says also then the other thing about Green Bay is what are their actions? Actions, them saying, hey, they've had Jordan Love in their building for a year, and yet they were willing to extend Aaron Rodgers, pay him more money, keep Aaron Rodgers. So, again, that is the actions of the Packers speaking versus their words. The words have been Jordan's great. We love Jordan. Jordan's been progressing. Jordan's been working hard. But their actions are showing us, well, wait a minute. We want to keep Aaron Rodgers in, to the length of then where Jordan Love, we'd have to re-sign him. We wouldn't even just still have him on a rookie deal. So it just goes to show they don't, they're don't. they not necessarily in love with Jordan Love. So a lot of action speaking versus word speaking. And I think that's valid. But I do think, Dan, you know, you said earlier to start, we and we said this a couple weeks ago, we can assume that Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Packers this year. Well, I think there's it's a there's a layers to that as well. We we can now know, at least for this point in time, the Packers want Aaron Rodgers, and now the Aaron Rodgers doesn't want the Packers. But does that mean he'll actually play for the Packers this year? I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little less sure of that at this point in time. I know that I I still feel that the Packers are not going to trade him unless Aaron Rodgers starts missing actual games. If Aaron Rodgers hasn't shown up and it's week three, then I think you'll see the Packers legitimately actually taking phone calls and seeing what is out there. Because at that point in time, the toxicity in that building, that relationship, that's where you start to say to yourself, you know what, I don't care what the cap it is. It's already affecting us now. What can we get? Let's get, let's help Jordan Love. Let's let's try to speed this process up as quickly as possible. But until Aaron Rodgers actually starts missing games, as long as he's missing training camp, I don't think the Packers are going to trade him. I think the Packers clearly want him to play quarterback for them, and uh, and 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 I think they're willing to stretch this out. But I I do think uh, this is now the standoff is is really real. Who will budge first? Where is everyone's line of demarcation? Uh, but I do think you know for Aaron, he's clearly saying, listen, guys. I want out. I want out as sooner rather than later. But the backers are probably going to say to them, Aaron, we ain't doing anything with you with a cap that's this bad, and we want we want Jordan to have another lo- a year of sitting behind you and time. So I-, I think they'll eventually come to some sort of agreement on that. But I think the only way they come to that agreement is if Aaron gets some sort of handshake deal or guarantee from the Packers that says, hey, by this time next year when the cap hits way less – you will make a move and you will trade me to, you know, what we can work something out that would be beneficial for all parties involved. And I think they will eventually come to that. Those were my initial thoughts. I know that was a lot, but yeah. that that was everything in my, in my saying. I have one more thing that I also want to say on this matter, but I want your initial thoughts now. Okay, yeah. Well, I uh, agree with a lot of what you said there in terms of what, what the optics are are and, and kind of what what kind of position this puts uh, both parties in uh th- th- it's a weird situation because leverage does seem to be on both sides in this equation because if Aaron doesn't show up obviously the Packers you know don't have to pay and so th- they'll just continue to go with the original backup plan of 
Jordan Love and why they drafted him. And, you know, it, it'll suck. They don't want that to be the case, but it won't be the end of the world. Uh, on the flip side, Aaron Rodgers had a, has a lot of leverage, too, because he's the reigning MVP. He's brought them to the NFC Championship the past two seasons. They wouldn't have been there without him, no question. He, you know, has he had a, a slight, I guess, decline, if you could even say that. And then, you know, shot back up to MVP status this past season. So clearly the guy's still got plenty left in the tank and he can, uh, you know, help any franchise, uh, one that's remotely ready to compete, uh, get to a Super Bowl. So, you know, he has that leverage on his side too. And, you know, there's there's that thing all season where it's been, you know, trying to pit the fans against one or the other, but it still does seem to be a fairly fractured split between who's in the Aaron Rodgers camp of all this and who's in the Green Bay Packers camp of all this. Uh, the biggest thing that I take away from this is just basically that, yes, it was not about the money, clearly. Um, and also, I'm, I am confused a little bit as to what the what the plan was here, because to me, a first round quarterback as a, you know, six year down the road backup plan doesn't seem no, it's ridiculous. plausible to me. It seems really silly, uh, but yet. Here you are trying to lock up Aaron Rodgers for the next five years. Like you're, I, I can't believe that their plan was to get a 26, 27 year old Jordan Love to begin his career. Uh, maybe that was the plan. Maybe they did want to go that route. It doesn't seem likely to me. Um, so I am confused as to what their overall plan has been this entire time, and I don't know if we'll ever kind of fully figure out what that situation is. That you know, the point is they have no leverage with Jordan Love at this point, as we know. I mean, if they traded him, if they were able to get Aaron Rodgers locked up for that five-year, uh, you, you know, a five-year extension or two-year extension and a five-year deal, um, what, what are you going to do with Love? I mean, are you really you're really going to have him? Obviously, they have him on the rookie deal, but you're, you can't trade him for for much value. I can't imagine you'd get much return on that. I mean, maybe you do get like a fifth rounder or something or a fourth rounder for him. It, it just the the whole thing's a little confusing for me. I do think it's a situation of both parties trying to trying to you know play their cards to the very end of this whole deal. I I just I, I find it very hard to believe as well that Aaron Rodgers just won't suit up. Like I I mean it's possible. Like I I agree that he can't do it. He clearly doesn't care uh, if he's gonna lose thirty million dollars. Now you know to what extent is that true? I don't know, but it's it's possible. Uh, that he'd be willing to throw that on the table. He he threw away in a, a two-year extension that would make him the highest-paid quarterback, and he said, no, I don't want it. So there's more to it than that for him, clearly. And uh, it's not like the guy's, you know, a poor man. He's got plenty of money. So maybe he just maybe he feels like he can, you know, l- let this kind of linger for a little bit. But I think, you know, from what we talked about months ago, too, you know, just some of those weird things like the, him re-upping at the country club in Green Bay and stuff like that. I mean, they're they're small minor things, but they also indicate like why would he do that if he's not planning to come back to the Green Bay Packers this season? But I do think, man, if he does come back and play, this is just with this news now, like knowing that he turned them down and turned down such a big offer. I don't know. It'd be very. I mean, we talked about tension before this. Now knowing what we know. I, I can't imagine how kind of a roller coaster of emotions this season would be should Aaron Rodgers uh, come and suit up for the Green Bay Packers week one. And then, Mark, what happens if they go back to a third straight NFC championship game? I mean, now it's like 
Like, is he going to have a, a great opportunity to go compete for a Super Bowl elsewhere if they get to three straight NFC Championship games, maybe get to the Super Bowl, and now he, you know, he had turned down a, an extension? I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Well, if he leads them to a Super Bowl uh, appearance or another NFC Championship game, he, he again, he, he owns the keys to what, they, what Green Bay would want to do. They're not going to say, get out of town, sure. Aaron, especially if he's still playing at his peak. You know, one of the problems with Favre at the end was you could see the decline with Favre. He was still great, but you could see there was the frustration, a little bit of the struggle. If Aaron, now, if Aaron has a season like that, then maybe even if they get to the playoffs, or you know, but you can see maybe the struggle or there's the disdain, uh, maybe that gives a little more leverage to the Packers and the fans. You know, Dan, the other thing. But would he be willing to walk away? If he did uh, well, lead them to the Super Bowl, is he willing to hold out for the next two years I think, on the deal, you know? Well, again, I, I think a lot of it will be then at that point in time, if he has the, the, you got to just remember, it becomes so much easier to trade him in just one calendar year from now. Yeah. The cap yeah. hit is With so 17 much, million or something. Like it's, that? it's under, I think seven. I think it goes from like 30 something million to like 15 million next yeah. year. So, that, so it's, it's, it's way as such an easier pill to swallow, especially Jordan Love still on a rookie deal. And by that time, all the guarantees to Jordan Love are paid. You're paying him probably only like, 1.8 million a year or something like that. So investing in your quarterback position, you could then say we're under $17 million a year. That's chump change in the NFL right now. I think the other thing, Dan, that makes to me what this, what, you know, Aaron clearly sees that is this is like his Tom Brady situation, but the problem is, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to be critical of Aaron and I'm going to put this out there for any NFL quarterback. You have to start thinking of yourselves now as Zion Williamson. You have to think of yourselves as John Morant. You have to think of yourselves as LeBron James was early in his career. This It's just the way you have to go with this. Trevor Lawrence needs to start thinking this way. Justin Fields needs to think of this way. Joe Burrow needs to think of this way. The rookie deals for first-round quarterbacks are very good, but they weren't like they were with Jamarcus Russell and Sam Bradford. So you're going to get, right. like Justin Fields just got, about 30-something million guaranteed, uh, you're going to get a nice signing bonus up front, you know, like $17 million, and then you're going to make money. So it's really good money. It's life-changing money, and if you invest it well, it's the type of money where you, you don't need any other money for the rest of your life. But think of it this way. When that rookie deal runs out and starts coming up for contract extensions, do what the NBA stars do. If you're in a, if you're in a solid spot, even like a LeBron, you were at home. Anthony Davis is a great example. A Anthony Davis is the best example. He was in New Orleans. He didn't love being in New Orleans. They weren't winning, but you can sign that Supermax deal. You get the most money. You sign. You lock it up long-term. Let's stay here for four more years, five more years. Get me into the mid-20s, mid-30s, uh, you know, high-30s if you can, if you're a super, superstar like Lamar Jackson's about to get. And then what you do, when that contract starts running up, you have two options. You either get franchise tagged with massive, massive money. So you're talking mid $30 million in the franchise tag. Could be even more by the time four or five years from now what the quarterback oh, yeah. franchise tag will be. So will the organization do that and swallow that pill? That's a win for you because that's guaranteed. Even if you get injured, that's $40 million check clear in the bank on top of everything else you've already made. Or don't sign again. If you want to be a free agent, be a free agent. Test the market. That's what Tom Brady did. 
That is what Tom Brady did. Now, Peyton Manning also had it too, but because that was cut and injury and it was freedom in that way. But test the market. Stop signing these deals. Aaron, we knew you were unhappy with Green Bay three years ago when you signed this deal. So sorry, I don't feel bad for you now that you're in this situation. I do feel that Green Bay has not given you enough. They have not invested enough. They have not been an organization to prop you up like you've seen other organizations prop up their star quarterbacks. It's a similar thing a little bit with Big Ben's going through right now. He was kind of pissy and wanted more money, but but it's like, Ben, you signed this long extension three years ago. Now you know that the organization's not happy with you and the way you've prepared and you've been healthy at the end of your career. It's a give and take. If, you're a, if you are a superstar quarterback that signs a big, big long-term deal in the twilight of your career – and you're not performing to that, okay, it's a catch-22. Don't get mad when the organization then is pissy at you like the Steelers, or if you're the Aaron Rodgers case, you're outperforming your contract and you just want out. Don't get mad when the organization says, tough shit, deal with it, you sign the deal. You know what I mean? It's a two, yeah. It's got to be a two-way street, and so it's a warning for all these young guys. Absolutely, Baker Mayfield, sign the deal when you get it. Absolutely, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, sign these deals when you can get it, because this is your real moneymaker. Yeah, you made $20, $30 million off your rookie contract. And if you're Baker, you did a lot of commercials. Hopefully, Lamar Jackson, is is uh, he's got some commercial stuff. He did the Madden stuff. I mean, he's very marketable. I'm sure he's done well as off-field investments. Josh Allen has even done some stuff, and then I know he's done well off the field. So hopefully, you've created a nest egg where then you sign that one that next long-term deal with the contract, get that four- or five-year deal done to make you upwards of $25 million a year, then just play that out. The worst thing that happens is you get $40 million guaranteed in a, in a, in a franchise tag year, but then you could be in your early 30s, 31, 30 years old, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and you can go wherever you want to go. And if you're good enough, you know, like Kirk Cousins, he was he was the last guy to really hit the free agent market. Look what happened to him. He went to a great team and got huge, huge money, almost $100 million in guaranteed money for Kirk Cousins. So this is this, this to me, Aaron Rodgers situation is a forewarning. If you are already starting at this, you know, at this point in time of your career, you know, by year two of the extension that you've signed, play it cool. Play good, get yourself in a position to win, but then don't re-sign like Aaron did. Aaron's on his third contract with the Packers. So now I get why Aaron doesn't want to sign the fourth contract with the Packers because he's now unhappy. But his rookie deal, he got the mega deal, did a little extension there, and now he's turning down the second extension. So Aaron, if he was, we knew he was unhappy by the time he signed the first extension. So it's a little bit like, boo-hoo, Aaron, I get it. You're frustrated, but... You're the guy who locked yourself into this now towards the twilight of your career. You had every right to just play it out. And they can't franchise you more than two years. If he didn't have signed this extension, he would have already been done with these two franchises, and he would have made upwards of $30 million in each franchise tag. So I, I it's just a forewarning to NFL star quarterbacks. Think of yourselves like the star NBA players do, and you have to put yourself in that mindset. Play great on your rookie contract so you can get the first big deal. Get as much money as you can out of your team with the first big deal. Mitchell Trubisky failed in that 
We saw that happen. Sam Darnold has failed in that. He's trying to resurrect it now with the Panthers. But uh, you know what I mean? They failed in it. Can you succeed in it, get the big deal, and be good enough by the end of that big deal to hit the free agent market? And you see what happens when a quarterback hits the free agent market. There's dollar signs out there to be had, or at least you have control of your career. And if you spend your money wisely and invest it wisely, you're in a good spot. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's a reason most uh, free agent quarterbacks don't end up hitting the market, you know, too, because a lot of times the teams will be able to properly invest in them and, and give them what they're looking for and make it kind of a mutual thing. With Aaron Rodgers, too, there is a possibility. Obviously, I don't know the intent behind anything, but perhaps there's a possibility Aaron did it as a measure of hedging for him in terms of, look, I will, I'm going to sign this early so that now, now when he's in a situation, now he can say, well, I committed to the Packers. I signed that you know, multi-year uh, extension for my third contract. I committed to them, and now look, they're not committing back to me. And so almost kind of controlling the narrative in a sense, y- you could argue whether or not it's actually worked, but that's a possibility, and maybe that's what he was thinking as well, considering the guy had already made plenty of money, already had all of the individual accolades at that point. Um, you know, it, it's hard to know what motivates everyone from, you know, day to day. You know, clearly the guy has has other things on his mind in terms of what he wants to accomplish within the field of football. So um, I, I but I, and I totally agree, though, with what you said about, you know, maintaining that leverage as an athlete. You can get that mega deal and then still be young enough to get a second mega deal wherever you want to go. And I think, I mean, obviously, this is the way sports has gone. We've seen it a lot more uh, in, in baseball recently. and We've seen it uh, in the NHL, too. And, we, and we've definitely seen it in the NBA with, uh, with these free agents, you know, with the big splash deals going elsewhere. People sort of controlling their own destiny. We talked about a lot with just like the the workforce in general, like you people, workers want the right to be able to go wherever they want to work. You know, they they don't want to be constrained uh, to one particular work environment if it doesn't suit them. I mean, that should be no different um, in the world of sports as well. Obviously you have to commit uh, when you commit and you have to, you have to work within the the constraints of a contract because that's, that's just how the deal goes. But you know, your, your point's well taken. That's why, you know, that's, that's why the things with like the Mahomes deal. Yeah. You want to sign it because it's such a mega deal and there are obviously stipulations within it, but 10 years is a long time to commit yeah. and a lot of things can happen. And if Mahomes uh, within is complaining time. in two years, I, I'm going to say tough luck to, you know what I mean? It's one of those where it's like, sure. You kn- you know what you're doing when you get into this, but I don't, I you obviously think for a guy like Mahomes, he's also so young when he made that decision you lock yourself up if the if the organization offers you that if you're Josh Allen Lamar yeah, you Jackson you set yourself up for life you, no question. It's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the type of thing where again you would have to be really really confident yourself because we saw how quickly things changed for a guy like Cam Newton you know what I mean mm-hmm. you went from being mm-hmm. mega contracts and he he went through his one big contract and you know after that rookie deal and now he's made a, a ton of money in his career because that was a big contract but all of a sudden then the money dries up really quickly too. So, the, you know, you it's a case by case process. But for a guy like Aaron, it's pretty obvious that if he wanted to hit free agency three years ago, he could have, and he would have had mega money. He chose not to, and now yep. you're complaining that you still are locked into Green Bay for three more years. And it's like, well, 
Aaron, you knew what you did. You signed those guys that you hate were in the building. They're still there. Yeah, they're it's still not there. Matt exactly. LaFleur. It's not Jordan Love. The guys that you're upset about, the culture you're talking about, they were in the building. So as much as I, I do I do feel for Aaron because I don't I do agree with him that Green Bay hasn't done enough to just go all in. They're not an all in franchise and Aaron uh could easily have another ring or two. I feel like if Green Bay at points in times just kind of revamped and just kept going all in and all in and push the salary cap and and go for the Julio Joneses, go go big take big swings like uh like you know Tampa has done uh, with uh, with with Brady, or what the what the Rams has done as an organization, for just example, or what the Saints did as an organization, uh, you just go all in, spend, spend, spend. And, but you also knew that that's how they were, and so uh, it's a, it's a t- it's a tough catch twenty two. I'll be the next week's gonna be very interesting to see where Aaron, if he shows yes. up, and uh, we'll have more on it, and we'll try and keep digesting as we go. But it's an ongoing process for sure, Dan. Well, yeah, I mean, things are going to ramp up very, very quickly here. I mean, now we're going to basically be hitting the uh, the gas pedal full blast, accelerating into the football season. We're only a few weeks away, Mark, from the start of the preseason. I know. And uh, and then before then, we, we got week one. I mean, this is coming up fast. The, things are going to have to start happening uh, very soon. And um, and so, and so yeah, we'll, we'll see. And obviously, you know, don't want to foreshadow too much, but, you know, if, if this is the, kind of the end of the road, they end up trading him or – or they end up, uh, you know, working out a way where Aaron Rodgers can go elsewhere. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in with all of those other uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, the Kurt Warners, the Joe Montanas, uh, the Warren Moons, and, of course, you mentioned Brett Favre, et cetera, that ended up ending their careers with another team and, you know, had relatively good success, too. I mean, Kurt Warner obviously bringing the Cardinals to a Super Bowl. Brett Favre yeah. having his best statistical season with the Minnesota Vikings there and, you know, almost leading them to a Super Bowl. So there's going to be teams, even if there's only five or six that are in desperate need of a quarterback, there's going to be five or six teams that could win. And I can't say that I haven't thought in the back of my head, I don't think it's realistic, but if this is the end of the road for Big Ben for sure, I would absolutely be in favor of trying to get Aaron Rodgers for three years in Pittsburgh, a team that's actually ready to win. Oh yeah, uh, you know has a, has a win now roster. I, I wouldn't have Packers, a problem with that at all. The Packers could easily make that trade as well, saying it's an AFC, it's an AFC. team. Yeah. We don't have to deal with them. I, I, I listen. I think it's a, it's a great spot. There's going to be spots available. Obviously, the AFC has a bunch of young quarterbacks and teams with young quarterbacks. Um, Denver and Pittsburgh are teams that look like they could be open for it. And yep. uh, and maybe maybe Vegas, depending on where they are with their car and his contract coming on up in a year, uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. We'll keep our eye on it, but let's let's just wait no and see what happens with Aaron in the next yeah. week. All right? Yeah, we got to just see if the guys actually got show up. So yeah, we'll we'll start uh, one at a time there. Uh, the only other uh, bit of news, uh, Mark, that was uh, pretty notable, uh, and this is always unfortunate, even before the preseason when injuries happen. But one of the biggest injuries you could say. Uh, to come out of this offseason so far, uh, was reported earlier today uh, by Tom Palacero, um, and uh, an NFL reporter there, uh, saying that Rams running back Cam Akers suffered a torn Achilles while training. Uh, that is a, obviously a, a serious blow to that offense that just acquired Matt Stafford that was really poised to um, you know, continue 
uh, building off of the foundation of that Super Bowl team just a few years ago. A very talented offense, one that you know was certainly ready to even take a next step with a more capable Matt Stafford at the helm. Uh, and, and obviously, Akers was really one of those up-and-coming you know, running backs. The rookie season last year uh, was used sparingly, but had over 600 yards, uh, a couple touchdowns, and uh, was adept in the passing game, too. He had a receiving touchdown in there, too, and, and was really poised for a breakout year uh, with you know full-time duties. Now, Mark, I mean, it's pretty much an open uh, depth chart outside of Daryl Henderson, who had some uh you know spell time with acres last year but we're not sure if he's going to be the every down back or if the rams are going to try and get one of some of these you know not necessarily uh much older but still veteran running backs that are available on the free agent market right now but a tough blow for the rams who were looking so so good this offseason going into this season ready to compete in the best division of football. It's hard because he certainly was the number one guy going into it. And, yeah. it, and, and I don't like – it's hard. With Sean McVay, it's a lot like my, uh, Shanahan in the sense where I feel like plug you, and play. you can plug and play guys, but, God, that's br- it's a brutal position. It's, a, it's a just brutal because you, you really liked what you were going to get out of Akers. And I, I had him yeah. high in, like, fantasy boards of, like, you know – you could get a guy like him, especially working with Stafford, because you just felt like the, the passing offense was going to be more explosive this year that would open things up for McVay in the run offense. Um, if I were the Rams, I would certainly look at what Le'Veon Bell has left in the tank. Um, yeah, I think I he's know, the top option, I don't you know, know and it, it would, can't hurt. Yeah, I don't know if you would, you would go with a Frank Gore, mainly because um, – Henderson is more of the Gore type anyway, so you already have a guy like that in yeah. your backfield uh, who's young and has a lot of promise to him, and, and he certainly could have a big, big year at this point in time, Henderson as well. But, you know, I, I feel like there's there's got to be some young free agent running backs out there who didn't get drafted. I could also see them maybe looking to make a trade. You know what I mean? If there's a guy in a situation, you know, like like the Texans have – eight running backs right now. Yeah, exactly. Can they get themselves a Mark Ingram? Could they pry away a, a, a name like that, something to look at, some veterans? And it's going to just maybe be one of those years for the Rams where it's a little bit of running back by committee. Um, and, and, and who knows? But that's just – it's one of those brutal blows. But if you're going to lose a guy, you'd rather lose guys and then you have plenty of guys you could bring in before training camp even starts versus – thinking like oh no we got our starter and you lose a guy in like week three of the preseason and then you're and then it's you know to hopefully you can bring guys in now go you have them all through training camp all the way through the preseason and you can have real battles for those running back spots yeah I mean as as much of a decline as Bell has seemingly had over the past you know few years uh he's still young enough and capable within a particular offense and I think this one is one that would suit him you know, the Rams had one of the best offensive line units in the NFL. You know, PFF had them ranked very highly, I think, I think in the top three maybe uh, this past season. So coming in here with a good offensive line, a veteran quarterback, plenty of weapons on the perimeter, you get a guy like Le'Veon Bell that you can use in pretty much any type of way you want. You can split him out or you can have him as your uh, potential three down back. You know, maybe he's not the running back he was five years ago. But in an offense like that, he would clearly be the alpha uh, compared to any of these other guys. So it's a, it's a good option. And 
you know, the tough thing for Akers is, you know, Achilles tend to be such a, a one of the more devastating injuries to a running back's oh, yeah. career. We've seen the evolution of the ACL and how people can come back from that. The Achilles is kind of that next one in line to hopefully, you know, rise to that occasion. But, you know, it's still so detrimental to everything that is a running back. The cutting, the, you know, the from the stance, from the ability to, um, you know, pick a hole and, and accelerate quickly. And uh, so you just hope that he'll be all right. Um, yeah. And, and able to come back. He's young enough, so maybe that will, you know, really give him a leg up as opposed to a 29-year-old running back having this injury. But uh, but no, I do agree that with the McVay, you'd rather this happen to a McVay, someone that, uh, like you said, likened to Kyle Shanahan, where the guy can make it work with others and he can find ways to distribute oh, for sure. uh, around multiple people. So they don't need a three down back. And the Rams are an aggressive, uh, so, aggressive organization. So I wouldn't yeah. shock me if they're on the phone already calling about availability of guys on rosters and, and it wouldn't shock me if they were to make an actual move, a trade, a real trade for, for a guy to bring on in. So we'll, we'll keep our eye on it, but it is, uh, you feel bad for Cam Akers. That's for sure. Someone floated the idea of Todd Gurley coming back. I was like, I, I don't uh, know if the Rams want to go down that Tom route Gurley. again. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. yeah, yeah that's I wouldn't not, like that idea. No, no, I would just uh, stick with what you got uh, for the time being, if that's the case, but um, yeah, other than that, Mark, uh, not much of note here. Like we mentioned, it's uh, really going to start, getting uh, real intense. We're going to start breaking quickly. down division yeah. by division, giving our picks. It's all coming on up uh, here as we wrap up July. It's going to be going to be exciting as we, we gear back into it. It's been a long off season, but plenty of storylines sure and uh, I can't wait to get back into it. No kidding. Every year there's going to, there's so much excitement going to the NFL season. Even if nothing happened, I'd be stoked, but it just seems every year we get good storylines to talk about. Oh, you yeah. know, this year it's obviously the Aaron Rodgers thing that's dominating. Last year's, you know, Tom Brady, what's going to happen? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how things develop here in the next couple of weeks, but definitely looking forward to that. And yeah, like we did last year, we, we've got those, you know, whole division rankings and, uh, and um, conference uh, standings and predictions, you know, coming up in the next several weeks. So a lot to look forward to here on the Football Lounge. We hope you'll you'll stay tuned and, you know, uh, obviously you can always reach out on Twitter at Mark Espin, at Dan Vasco, at FB Lounge Pod. And um, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you back here very soon.